Welcome to St. Andrew's Community United Methodist Church live interactive podcast. Thank you for tuning in with us today. And now for your hosts for your spiritual hour of power, Pastors D.A. Bennett and Josh Coates. And good afternoon. Welcome to our weekly podcast where we get to talk about the great things that uh Hopefully the great things that we talked about in the sermon the previous Sunday. It's Tuesday afternoon. We always look forward to this time. How are you doing, DA? You know, I'm 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 having two struggles right now, I'm gonna confess. Hungry? The, the, the first well, three struggles. <laughs> no, the the first is while you were talking and I'm looking at the camera, I look and and hanging over the camera you'll notice there's like a cord that's not plugged into anything. <laughs> and I'm like, Okay, are we missing something? I'm I, I can look over on Jeff's monitor and I see things look normal, but I, I was just a little momentarily uh, discombobulated. That's not a word you get to use very much. No, that's a great word. And, and the second thing, and I'm going to get this out here right now, is if you you watch us every week, then you know that we always have notes and stuff. And my notes are big, so I can read them. But Josh's <laughs> notes, he's got this, and I'm going to have to wear my glasses a lot today just so I can read this because my old eyes, you know, they. Don't focus as well, well as no, your young eyes do. Normally, my notes are a lot bigger, but uh, <laughs> this this week because it was the last sermon of a series, uh-huh. I kind of did a bigger re like yeah. a review than I, re- I normally recap, would yeah. do, and so um, a lot of that information is on here. And I had to I, it was either keep it the normal size and go front and back, or <laughs> or keep it uh, make it smaller so it all fit on one page. And, and when you say usually my notes are bigger, I, I, I find myself because I watched The Voice last night. And it's like. You know when you when you get to that big note, <laughs> right? You know, I, so not that kind of note for me. I can't sing. So, well, you play guitar and sing a little bit. <laughs> well, just because you can do something doesn't mean a you're any good at it, and b you should. Just, yeah. that, you know, I think that's scriptural. Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do something. Uh, yeah, all things are permissible, <laughs> but not all things are helpful. Right. You know, I, and and I'm sitting here laughing because you know. I play guitar a little bit and sing a little bit, and it's like, um, yeah, the preschool kids probably think I'm Jimi Hendrix, <laughs> you know, uh, but no, not anywhere close to I, that. But I get it. But this morning I was actually thinking, hey, you know, if there's a day I can't be here, Josh can just fill right in because he can play guitar and he can sing This Is The Day and the Chorus to Awesome God. I, and I don't he, know that I can, though. I don't know any of those songs. Oh, That's I before. Can, if, if I can teach them to – children to sing i can teach you the the three or four chords that are played for them yeah that that's a that's kind of a bold statement (laughs) if you can teach a child i'm actually feeling kind of bold i'm feeling kind of bold today i mean i'm in a good place we had a meeting right before we started to uh plan something that's coming up here about three weeks from uh tomorrow which tomorrow is what the fifth so it'll be the 26th a a night of uh just looking ahead in our church i just want to leave it right there right now very excited about what we talked about i I think that's going to be something great for our church i agree i'm looking forward to it jeff how are you doing man you had a uh, a long weekend of hockey Uh, i'm glad to be back but yes long weekend of hockey you know and uh uh, i I haven't got a chance to tell you what happened so uh we took the team up to colorado state fort collins uh, and uh why we were driving to colorado unlv ended up playing denver uh unlv is number two and we're number one so uh they're like hey you guys were in town we're in town what's it going to take to throw a game together so in less than 10 12 hours we've 
threw together a full-fledged wow uh, game on Sunday afternoon, and then so that's uh, why you got back so late Sunday then because oh it wasn't even he Sunday. got wait Monday morning because when morning. I talked to him Monday morning right. he goes I got back about uh, six twenty you know that's it an hour ago <laughs> yep that was it but uh, it was a good time and you know. Thankful for a day or two rest and back at it. So, so you guys don't have the budget to fly, huh? You guys? Oh no, 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 <laughs> no. UNLV does. That's for sure. They right. flew first class, you know, and had wow. their filet mignon before. So who you know, won? To play who, our who ragtag team of you know misfits. So did you beat them? We did not. No, oh, no. Man. We had three games in three days, so it's a little right. tough that, task and whatnot. It, so. it was a setup, man. It was a trap. Oh, it was a trap game. Absolutely. Hey, y'all are in town, and y'all are hours from home on a bus ride, and you're worn out and beat up. Uh, Let's. What's it going to take for us to, you know, switch place in the rankings? I would have said, uh, "Here's what it'll take. How about you guys ride home in the bus and you send us home in a there plane?" There you go. That's 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 <laughs> like some that good idea. negotiating. I mean, right that's now. A, that's how OU gets like Kent State in. They give them a million dollars or whatever. Yeah. So I'd say, yeah, hey. we'll fund your program for the year if you play us. Although Kent State, you know, after they played OU, they played Georgia, so right. they were really they, filling the coffers. They have filled their athletic budget for the last couple of years. And, and honestly. You know, when when you look at football, sorry, this is not what y'all paid for today. Just, you know, it says playful banter. Here so this go. is playful banter. This is it. Um, is the the sports that are not revenue generating, tennis, golf, gymnastics, they all benefit at OU from the football team. Oh, yeah, And what absolutely. the football team does. And so uh, that's one of the great things about it is not only do they do that, when they do well, they get recognized in at the game. Hey, this is our, you know – women's national champion softball team now they may generate their own revenue because they're so awesome but you know anyhow question for you question for you so we we wrapped this series up this week and right and i opened by talking about some tools and uh (laughs) and so the question i have for you is are do you feel more comfortable with a wrench in your hand or with let's say like a a spatula do you prefer like tools from the garage where you're working around the house or tools in the kitchen where you're making something? So I feel like this is like the UNLV game. This is a trap question. <laughs> this isn't a because, trap question at all. Because somebody might listen to this and try to take away my man card. I am more comfortable in the kitchen because I spend more time in the kitchen. I mean, kitchen. That's, that's absolutely my answer. You know, if, if you were here Sunday or if you watched online – I mean, I mess things up all over the place when it comes to using tools. Like, I don't do any any real work on our cars. I will, uh, you know, if you know, Bonnie might um, need a, you know, a, a, something cosmetic done. You know, I, I put in a new um, sun visor in her car because it was getting wow. I mean, that's I mean, literally, it's three screws, and you're. I mean, it's it was a, it's eBay. about two more screws, and I'm normally it was working. eBay. With. <laughs> it was eBay three screws in a uh, YouTube video. YouTube video. And but uh, but beyond that, I'm pretty useless with tools. But I feel way more confident and comfortable in the kitchen. I I enjoy cooking things. You know, I. I do my fair share of cooking at home, and you know, with household repairs, I have to be honest. Robin grew up with a dad that was, you know, Mister Goodwrench. You know, that's, he he, he could fix anything. That's my dad. And so she would be out in the garage with her dad helping. She wanted to go to the hardware store with her dad. I I did not grow up with any of that. Now, when we bought our first house in Ada, and of course, this we didn't have kids, but. Um, we we restained, stripped and stained hardwood floors. You know, I was very proud of those floors being able to to do that, having never seen it done or done any way before. And you didn't have YouTube and, videos, and we did not have YouTube <laughs> videos. The internet did exist, but it was in its infancy. Uh, 
you know, doing all the work we did in that house, I was very glad. Of course, after we stripped 30 layers of wallpaper off the wall so we could, you know, texture the walls, her dad comes in and said, yeah, I would have just torn the walls out and put all new sheetrock up. And it's like, yeah, that's that's a big help now. And uh, no, I probably would do what we did because, right. you know, yeah. doing taping and bedding of seams and sheetrock is, it is an art in my opinion. I mean, Absolutely. I've done it you know my fair share of times but yeah i'm not really a handyman yeah i'm not either so that's reason, why we have jeff on staff exactly yeah exactly <laughs> and, and the reason we talked about that and the reason i talked about it was because um in order to properly use tools we need to not only know what the tool is but we also need to know the purpose of it what right. it's for right i can tell you many times i've used wrong tools for something I, whether it was because i was lazy or not but you know i've used a wrench for a hammer i've done all kinds of crazy stuff but yeah. you mess things up when when you don't know what it is or what its purpose is you mess things up and that's kind of what i talked about with regards to our salvation the first three weeks of this series we've said salvation is a gift from god that we right. can't um take credit for that it's a it's not a reward that we can boast about we talked about that um it, the process of being created anew in christ makes us god's masterpiece and uh, and then the last part of this passage that we looked at it says so we can do the good things god planned for us long ago and that's the right. purpose of our salvation we're we're not the masterpiece that's just supposed to hang on the wall and look pretty but we're a masterpiece that that in fact has a purpose of of getting some work done god has things planned for us and and it, not only do we need to know what salvation is but understanding the purpose of it i think is incredibly helpful in our walk with christ absolutely and i've got to say i almost cracked up because while you're talking i looked and jeff's got a highlighter sitting on top of a crescent wrench and i was like i'm much more comfortable with the highlighter than the crescent wrench i i did i would not even have known that was called a crescent wrench i would have just said a wrench so you're, you're like I'm half a step in front of you jeff there's da and then there's josh when it comes to to that so but okay so sorry we'll, we'll try to get serious now uh here's here's what i love about what you preached on sunday is i had read ephesians 2 8 9 and i'm going to say 10 a most of my life and the first time i remember somebody really reading 10 about you are god's masterpiece and and other translation says you are god's workmanship you know right. that god is a master craft person kind of you know i God can fix anything. Um, and that's where it stopped when I first heard it. And I think that leads to a lot of feel-good theology. Hey, man, you're a masterpiece. Right. And, you know, yeah, okay, so even though we've already established, you can't take credit for it, it's not a reward, but you're a masterpiece. And most people want to leave it off there. And that's what I think is important about the scriptures and really putting them in context and really reading them is because that's not where it ends. And that's what you were talking about. Yeah. Sunday. I mean, the temptation is to focus on the, the, the blessing and, and not the fact that we have a responsibility. The, you know, right. That's the focus is to focus on our, the temptation is to focus on our response and not what God has for us. And so we, we looked at uh, Abraham in Genesis 12, where God says, Hey, I'm going to bless you. Um, and, and make you famous. And the mm -hmm. temptation is to stop reading the scripture there and say, yes, that's what I want. God, yes, right. sign me up for that. But the point of it is to be a blessing to all the families of the earth. And yes, we are God's masterpiece, but we can't stop reading there. The It's for a purpose, so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. And those good things go all the way back to Genesis. I mean, right. all the way back to the beginning 
um, we see God's heart for the nations to bring people to to know Him. Um, that's that's part of those good things that God planned for us all along. Right. Yeah. Now that I have saved you, now that I have made you new, let me tell you what the exciting thing is. It's about to happen in your life. Here's how you will live in response to that. That glorifies me is by you now being used like a tool in my hands to accomplish what I'm trying to accomplish in redeeming this fallen creation and building the church that God is building. I mean, yeah, it's just, it's really great. And it, it's not like it's, oh, you know, I, I did this for you because you owe me now. It's, no, 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 no. It's not, we're not it at saved all. by works. We're saved for works. And, and, and that's I, such an important distinction. So I, I do love that you talked about the, the whole relationship between faith and works, and you described it as peanut butter and jelly. Right. Well, and also another way you could look at it is, um, you know, people's uh, relationship status on uh, social media sometimes, uh-huh. it's, it's complicated. Yeah. I think I think that's what I think of uh, when I think of the relationship between faith and good works, because some people will err on one side and say, well... I'm really saved by works and they become very legalistic and it becomes about this checklist of things that I have to do to make God happy, to make God love me so that I'm saved. And then others err completely on the other side of that where uh, I can really do anything I want because it's, I'm saved by grace through faith and I believe. And so that's all that matters. And I, I said the prayer, I raised my hand, I went down to the altar when I was eight. So I'm good. And so it's complicated because we err on both sides of that right. at times. But the two do go together like peanut butter and jelly. Do you like peanut butter and jelly? Yeah, I do like peanut butter and jelly. Uh, and here lately it's been strawberry jelly that goes That's with my... all I will pe- eat. Okay. I mean, I'll eat... My kids if, won't eat strawberry jelly. If, if it's got to be great. If you give me a peanut butter and jelly that's made of grape jelly, I'll eat it. But... It doesn't all, have all we have at our house is strawberry. It's, it's like a grade B peanut butter and jelly. Right. Okay, now, so what, I actually had a different thing, plan though. So for me, peanut butter and jelly, I I I will eat if it's grape jelly. I won't have anything to do with it if it's crunchy peanut butter. I don't want anything to do with crunchy wow. peanut butter. Is that a is that a terrible take? No, it's not a terrible take, but come on, bro. I don't I mean, want to crunch crunchy, my peanut butter and jelly. That's that's nuts. <laughs> Yeah, you got a rim shot over like there. For All right, us. so what direction were you going to go? Because I just totally interrupted. No, that's okay. Because when you were preaching Sunday and you said, uh, you know, peanut butter and jelly, or what do you like to eat? I was like chips and salsa. Hey, you know, I mean, I like yes. chips, I like salsa, but I really like them together. Yeah, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm not a ever green just going to go. Guy. I'm like not ever just going to go stuff. drink salsa, and I'm not ever just going to go eat some tortilla chips okay so but the I, two go together i, I, I do eat tortilla chips so i guess tortilla chips gets to be the uh faith because people think right. it's only about faith but like if i'm dehydrated and nothing sounds good i'll eat tortilla chips or crackers something that's got a little bit of salt yeah. just to get something in my stomach yeah I, i've uh, got to have the salsa but i've got to have the salsa chips. later so but it's or interesting queso. you said that i mean that, i guess some people would have queso instead i like of salsa. to mix the queso and the salsa you that's, know, that's good I've, to do too. I've been known to go there. Um, and one thing that I talked about was uh, John Wesley, founder of our, our Methodist right. movement. The reason we're called Methodist today is because of John Wesley. And he actually argued that faith and good works were so intertwined that they were both necessary for salvation. Right. And he, he the way he laid it out, um, similar to what you just said, that your chips are the faith because you, you have to have those. He said that faith was necessary for salvation unconditionally, that there is no scenario where salvation comes when faith is not a part of it. Right. And then he argued that good works 
was necessary for salvation conditionally. If there was time and if there was opportunity, that's actually how we lived our faith out. Because faith isn't just believing something. It is, if, if for those math people out there, uh, the equation I like to use is faith equals belief plus action. Their faith is an active thing. It's not just believing something about something, but it's actually acting on that. And so he believed that they were so intertwined, both were necessary. And he, you know, we look at the thief on the cross. He didn't have the time or the opportunity for good works because he's about to die. Right. You know, he did, Jesus didn't say, get down off the cross if you believe me and, and go be baptized or go have communion or go to church or all the things that we all agree are good that we should be doing as followers of Christ. He just said, I'll, you're with me in paradise. I, truly, I say, I, I, I will remember right. you. And uh, faith in that instance was unconditional as it is in all instances, but conditionally there wasn't an opportunity for good works. But many yeah. of us don't fall under the category of the thief on the cross. Well, but let's talk about the thief on the cross for just a minute because the fact that he did that and the fact that Scripture records that, that's a powerful statement that, yeah, yes. it is we are saved by grace through faith. I mean, that, that's very powerful. Absolutely. But I would even go on to say that the action, the activity, the act of his faith was a work. Yeah. Be- because while he did not you know, go down off the cross, get baptized, you know, those things you talked about, uh, but his faith was an action. It was a work. We saw his faith at work, yeah. if you will. And- Especially considering that the other thief was almost mocking Jesus. Right. And, right. and the guy's like, look, he didn't do anything. You know, basically, you know, shut your mouth. And, and Jesus, you know, please remember me. And, and when you talk about, you know, believing and doing, I remember when I was going, uh, my interview for ordination with the Board of Ordained Ministry, and a, and a guy said something to me. He said, remember, we are not human believings. We're human beings. And, you know, that, that stayed with me, and I began to think. And so my math equation was what we believe and what we do equals what we be that that human i don't know if that's i don't know if that's good english but i I like it it's horrible english (laughs) but it it was human being plus human doing equals human being yeah yeah i I like that i like that what do you think about this statement and i think i've mentioned it before on this podcast um i don't know if it was with this series or a previous one but god didn't create the uh, a mission for his church he created a church for his mission. What do you think about that? You know, and I've heard that before, but I don't remember if I've heard you say it. And and even you said, I can't take credit for this. I can't. I mean, someone, I heard it Um, 20 years ago and it stuck with me ever since. But it's it's a wonderful statement because again, it goes to the heart of what this scripture was talking about. Uh, We are created for good works. And we just did a series on creating the church. And I don't even think I ever went there with, uh, the church was created for this mission God has had. Now I'm, I may go there a little bit Sunday, shameless plug, because you know we're we're talking again. We're building off what you did this last summer as we enter into this idea of engagement and how we live out yeah. our faith. Uh, but but yeah, I absolutely love that statement, and and it's kind of funny. But I think the reason it's important to say this is if if somebody was planting a church. The first question somebody might ask is, well, what's your vision? And, you know, a vision without an act is just a dream. So that's your vision. Okay, what's your mission? Yeah. And uh, we are created as a church for the mission that God already has, for the vision that God right. has already Which has been there forth. from the very beginning. And, right. and I talked about 
Um, when you look back in Genesis, Adam and Eve, he says, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. And he also says that to Noah as he's right. starting over. And, and, and that's the same call, different words, but it's the same mission as Jesus telling his disciples to go make disciples of all the nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teach them to obey all that I've commanded and know that I'm with you always. It's, it's one and the same. God's heart is for the entire world, for all the people groups, all the nations. And his desire, his call for the church is to be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth with his children, uh, to go make disciples. It's one and the same. And so the church coming about was his way of fulfilling that mission. It's his plan to fulfill that mission that he's had from the very beginning of time. Yeah, and so one of the things that, that you also brought up, and I think, again, this whole relationship between faith and works, and, and it was emphasizing the, the works. We're a masterpiece so that we can do the works that God has planned for us in advance to do, is that uh, God's work is not something we have to do. Yeah. It's something we get to do. And I think this is important for us to remember because it's not like, well, I'm a Christian this is what I have to do, right? Yeah. And that, who that's wants something, to sign up for that? Yeah, and that's something I really wanted to emphasize because it, because of the complicated nature between faith and good works, anytime you're preaching a sermon on the good works side of it, you always have to be careful that no one goes home thinking a legalistic mindset right. of, I have to do these things in order for God to love me, in order to be saved. Even when you say it over and over and over again, it's God's gift of grace, you know, it's it's we're saved by grace through faith. Even when you say that and recap that, there's still the the struggle of I want to make sure that no one walks away thinking, man, this is what I have to do. And so I think it's so important to make that distinction distinction that we get to. And I use the story of my children helping us in the kitchen when they were yeah. little, and uh, you know they didn't have to do that. It actually would have been a lot easier to make the pizza, a lot less messier, a lot you know it actually probably costs tastes more. better. Right? <laughs> it costs more because we, there's a lot of cheese that ended up on the ground that we had to throw away and stuff. Um, but it was time spent and and absolutely love and cherish those memories. Um, and, and that's the way it is with God. God invites us to be a part of what he's already doing. You know, one of the things I think about is you know, we've already established the fact that we're not musicians. You know, <laughs> we would never insult a musician by claiming to be one right. ourselves. But, uh, you know, you know, you you were learning to play guitar. I was learning to play guitar. And I always do it like this, and that's not how I play guitar. I'm just kind of a chord strummer guy. And uh, if I said man, I want to, uh, man, I really want to be a better guitar player. Uh, if I ask somebody, you know, ask Steve Brand or ask Chad, you know, our guitarist on Sunday morning, be wise when he's playing the bass, man, I want to be a get better guitar player. What do I have to do? What do I have to do? And the response is then, well, you have to, you got to practice, you got to right. do all this. And, and that, again, that complicated relationship between faith and works. I want to be a better follower of Christ. What do I have to do? Well, you have to read your Bible. You have to pray. You have to do all these things. You know, we, we switch it around when we say, um, if you want to be stronger in your faith, if you want to be a mature yeah. person of faith, here are the things that you get to do that can help you get to that point. It's not a have to. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's because a get to. Salvation doesn't start at our death. It begins at our new birth. And right. so there's all these things that we get to be a part of because we're followers of Christ. And I know it was complicated for me growing up because um, I think I mentioned, maybe mentioned this in one of the services, but um, for me, I, I wanted to follow Jesus 
close enough to get the benefits of being a Christ follower. The benefits of I'm saved, all of that. that Filled with the Holy Spirit. Right. But I didn't want to follow him so closely that it was going to require anything of me. Because we know that salvation is free, but the reality is following Jesus is costly. And I didn't want to pay that cost of actually following him. I just wanted to follow him close enough that, hey, yeah, there's a Christ follower. We know he's saved. Um, but but not for it to actually require anything of me. And and this plays out in a lot of ways in the practice of our faith. It's like we all we all want a big strong church and we all want to do things. One of the things I learned right when I came to St Andrews and we were still in a high growth pattern at the time is people would come from other churches. They were excited to you know be a part of St Andrews whether they had just moved into town or uh, you know moved across town or felt like it was time to make a change in in what their spiritual home would be. And they'd always say how much they loved their church but then or loved our church but then you could tell but we want this church to be what our old church used to be and and sometimes that's i want to be a follower of jesus i want to be a christian i want to be saved i want to go to heaven when i die all those things but i still kind of want some of the stuff that i used to do before i came to faith in christ right i I still want to some people when they share their testimony i i'm sure you've heard this before you know, here's what my life was like before I came to faith in Jesus. And they make it sound so exciting and good. It's like, why did you ever want to come to faith in Jesus? Right. Because, you know, again, salvation is free. That that part is easy. The cost of discipleship, taking up my cross, sacrificially giving myself to something that is bigger than myself. Sanctification, where God is working in us and shaping us and molding us and pruning us and I mean, that is painful at times. It's costly. It hurts. But it's worth every bit of it because of the joy that comes in following Christ and getting to be a part of what God has for us. And and part of that, again, shameless plug, this is what's exciting to me about what we were planning right before the podcast yeah. began is an, an entering into the presence of God in such a way that we... We, we walk out differently than we walked in with. And again, I don't, I don't want to give that away. I, I want people to know we, but because we're excited about it doesn't mean anybody else is, right. but, but we're really excited about it. Jeff's over there looking at us. Jeff doesn't even know what it, it is because we just talked about it right before right. we yeah. came into podcast record. I, I laid out four. So the, the thought of going and making disciples, the thought of doing these things God planned for us long ago right. can be daunting. And so I laid out kind of four simple ways to be a part of that for us to live out our faith. And it was prayer. It is giving. It is welcoming, right? We talk about go to the nations, but the nations in a lot of ways are coming to us. So mm-hmm. prayer, giving, uh, welcoming, and then the the go part, I emphasize as you are going rather than going because we think, well, I'm not called to go to that country, and so I'm exempt from the Great Commission. But the reality is it's as you are going to the store, to work, wherever, we should be making disciples. And those yeah. are kind of four simple ways to, to live out our faith. What are your thoughts on those four, and are there things that you would add to that list? So one of the things I would say about those four is that's really what we're getting into in this next series. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that I, I don't know if you did that on purpose or not. No. Nope. Uh, I didn't think so. God thing. And any, I can't take credit for it. i got to give it to God. There we go. And whenever you talked about going, I'm sitting there going, okay, if he doesn't say this today, I'm absolutely going to say it in the podcast on Tuesday, is, you know, the – 
as you're going. So the the reality there that Jesus, I think, is hitting on in the Great Commission is you're going to go somewhere. Right. You're you're not always just going to stay right here. You're going to go places. You know. And and you did a great job of saying when you go to the school, uh, when you go to the store, when you go to school, when you go to the ballpark. Uh, you know, all those places we go. Every place we go is a place Jesus can use us to help make disciples. In fact, that's what he says to Joshua. Every place your feet trod is going to be a place that I claim for holy. Uh, Would I add something to that? Maybe, but I I didn't need to. It it was a complete package of of what you gave us, the the whole welcoming idea. I'll be honest with you, friends. When, When I think about ministries of our church, and we talk about this in staff all the time, people come to coffee with the pastor, become new members. I'll say, if you don't know any other ministry to serve in, be a greeter. It, you know, 815 service, I get, because we're here early, I get to stand out there and greet people as they come in and welcome them. Uh, it, it is the greatest thing ever. And yep, I'm just like y'all. It's like, ugh, I met this person last week. I don't remember their name. Right. You know what? Uh, I just eat my humble pie and say, I'm sorry. I don't remember your name. In fact, I think this last Sunday I saw Laura talking to someone new. I needed to interrupt that and talk to Lord just for something on worship. But while I was there, I stopped and introduced myself, and that person introduced themselves back and go, oh, we've already met. I'd forgotten. <laughs> so it it, 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 it it happens. But, you know, yeah, the things People that you People like to be about, helpful. So what I've learned is, can you help me with your name? And they, yeah. <laughs> they, they don't. maybe they don't recognize, oh, he's forgot my name again. He's like, oh, he needs help. Yeah, I'll help you with my name. <laughs> maybe I need to start using that. I'm usually just, I'm dumb. I don't remember your name. Uh, but, again, the whole the, the cost of that, you, you got to put yourself out there yeah. a little bit. Got to put yourself out there a little bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, so, are there any questions, anything submitted this week, Jeff? Anything from you that you'd like to throw in there before we wrap things up and put a nice little bow on it? No, yeah. Uh, it sounds like uh, everything was explained pretty good and well, so no questions from the peanut gallery. So... Well done. I, nice. I, I got distracted by your joke on crunchy peanut butter because I was going to say, if if you never know what to do, just say, no, it's not peanut butter and jelly or chips and salsa. You know, it's uh, salt and pepper or, you know, <laughs> right. whatever it is. What are things that go together? Friends, we're always glad to have opportunity that you would invite us into uh, your lunch break if you're watching us live or just part of your evening, part of your day where we can help each other grow as disciples of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in. Share this with friends if, if you want. Remember, every Sunday, 815 is our traditional service, and then our other worship is at 930 and 1050. We would love to have you come. Uh, we would love to have you invite a friend and bring them with you. Uh, we're excited about some things that God is doing in our midst, and you're going to be hearing more about that uh, over the next few weeks. So we look forward to seeing you soon. God bless. Have a great day.